0: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Cook Islands to send its largest ever team to Rio. The Guam women's football team triumph at home. And Samoa coach Alama Idemir reflects on the June Rugby Internationals. But first, Fiji's Prime Minister has put his hand up for the country to be given another opportunity to host a super rugby game. Frank and Bunny Marama's comments come after his country hosted the first super fixture in the Pacific on Friday with the Chiefs defeating the Crusaders 23-13 at ANZ Stadium in Suva. Mr Mbani Mirama expressed pride at having hosted the clash between what he called such impressive teams. I spoke to Rinzi reporter
2: Kuro Vakauta about the match and what it meant for rugby in Fiji. One of the good things was, of course, we saw three uh, Fijian players come back home, if you like, and and pay their respects to uh, rugby in Fiji, and also the likes of Nemanja Nandolo um, helping out with his um, relief, Winston relief um, fundraising, and so on and so forth. But also, like you say, it just. Uh, uh, other benefits included, I think uh, the government said at the time that there was something like $9 million uh, worth of economic benefits, um, although I see reports after that saying that the government had invested about $1 million to bring the game to um, to Fiji in the first place. But, um, yeah, a lot of excitement built up there, and, and uh, Frank Mani Manama, the Prime Minister, has now said, look, we've done it once, we can do it twice, bring another game here next year, which is interesting, uh, yet to be confirmed, of course. Uh, I know they've wanted a game in Fiji for the last two or three years. there have
0: been uh, moves behind the scenes to get you know, one of the New Zealand franchises, and obviously in this case it was the Chiefs that um, you know, finally said, OK, we'll go, um, and it helps when partners like the government obviously do step in financially and, and make that a little bit more plausible. Uh, a sold-out crowd is obviously going to help occasions as well, and as you say, having uh, a link to some Fijian players, which are so prevalent in New Zealand rugby anyway. And, and I guess this is sort of the first sort of soft step, if you will, uh, The facilities are there, and we've seen other tournaments like the OFC Champions League played at ANZ Stadium. Mm. So the facilities are there. There's obviously a a strong base of natural talent player wise. uh, And then, you know, down the road, obviously the eternal question, you know, could the Pacific have a team in Super Rugby? Uh, I guess it's events like these which, um, you know, make that more possible or you know uh, allow people to get a, a, a kind of handle for for what that might be like
2: well during his speeches this is of course Prime Minister Baini Manama and who knows if it's just politics or whatever but he has talked about 2018 there being something on the horizon and without fully giving details you know kind of whetting the appetite so to speak so I guess it's one of those things um keep an eye out and see what happens but in terms of games being played in the Pacific I, I, I could see more and more happening I mean we've seen Bledisloe Cup fixtures in Asia and games in Singapore and the All Blacks going to Chicago. It's just all part of the global expansion, isn't it? In terms of uh,
0: hosting teams in the Pacific as well, uh, Fiji very far down the line as well and getting a team of the New South Wales Cup and Rugby League. Uh, we of course have the PNG Hunters and the Queensland Cup, so this would be uh, effectively the same sort of thing and that's seen as a long-term or the first step in uh, a long-term goal of maybe having a Fijian team in the NRL, which yeah. uh, obviously that's a lot, there's a lot of teams that want to be a part of the NRL, but uh, just another example, I guess, of maybe a professional team or professional sport becoming more more regular at, at those sorts of venues. And I was speaking there with Rindsey reporter Kuro Vakota. Samoa rugby coach Nimalaulu Lama Iremia has given his players a tentative pass mark for their efforts in the June internationals. The team featuring nine debutants drew 19 all-in apia against a Georgian team who completed an unbeaten tour of the Pacific. The Manu also had mixed results in the Pacific Nations Cup, beaten by Fiji and Suva, before ending with an emphatic 30 points to 10 victory at home to Tonga. Lama Iremia said he had two main targets going into his first series as head coach qualifications
3: was obviously the the priority to getting that ticked over and then the second goal was was also the blooding of, of some new players uh moving forward. So I think I've I have we have achieved both of those uh in terms of the goals but uh and in terms of the campaign as a as a whole, uh, you know, we we certainly it's a start and but there's a lot of work to be done so I'll give it a pass mark, but just, but just a pass
0: mark at this stage. Some of your players and also members of your coaching staff talked about, I guess, the new style, a bit more up tempo that that you guys are trying to uh, bring into the team. Uh, I guess when you make some significant changes like that to how you want to play the game, it, it does take a bit of time.
3: Yeah, it does take a bit of time, and obviously, it takes a uh, you know, it's a risk and reward factor as well. If you're moving the ball, you, you obviously got to. Uh, make better decisions, and obviously there's a lot more errors in, in that particular style. So, and you know, it's all about getting clarity of what we're trying to achieve and, and making better decisions. So, certainly a style that suits us in the islands, and especially in June when uh, you know, obviously the weather in the islands is, is quite quite hot. But, you
0: know,
3: you know possession and ball and retention is, is, is really
0: critical. Um, in your time with the SAU over the last couple of years, you obviously know most of the players, and you've worked with. Um, most, if not all of them, uh, during that time as well. So, uh, having had a month together with them as head coach, uh, is there much that you've learned about those players that you perhaps didn't know before?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's one thing to know the players, but it's a different environment. I mean, how do they deal with the pressure and so Samoa and coming together and and their understanding as a as a collective unit of high performance? I mean, that's really important. What it actually does look like and what it doesn't look like. Um, I think perception and reality are two important things when uh, you know, for this particular group, and, and I think we uh, we set the you know we actually set the protocols and expectations right from the start, so um, the players have
0: obviously they'll, they'll have a very clear understanding of what it is now. And uh, in terms of that World Cup qualification, which I guess is the most uh, important thing at this point, uh, obviously one win from two means that going into next year possibly that again. Uh, would would likely be enough. Um, obviously, you want to win both games, but you know you, you've got it in your control now to finish in at the very least one of those top two spots, which would get you to Japan.
3: Yeah, exactly right. And that's uh, that was that was why it was very really important that we we finally had to finish the other one or two this year. Because then next year, you know, you know, you've got to try and actually focus on on winning the PNC. Obviously, that's a first and foremost priority. But then, uh, you know, you still got a second chance, you know, by by coming second. So and to me, it was very important that we started that 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 process well this year. But um, but you know, the boys were very aware of that coming into this um, with our communications throughout the year, uh, so they came prepared for it. And losing a uh, few players uh, going into that campaign was was obviously a a bit of a setback, but. You know, uh once the experienced players came back it was in terms of census and radio law and and you know, we, we got our campaign back on track.
0: Going into your uh, end of season tour, who have you guys uh, got lined up for that and uh, how many other players do you, do you think you might have available?
3: We've got a massive amount of competition now because uh we've got up to ten uh front line players that were injured or unavailable for maybe um for this particular um Campaign, so they'll be all available again in November and already they're, they're trying to sound out um, what they need to actually do to, to make that site in November. So uh, I'm pretty excited about the quality of that November test uh, team and it's going to be really important because obviously it's different, uh different type of rugby and, and different adjustments and, that we need to have kind a of look at um, and obviously for the weather uh, there demands different styles of preparation so I'm just really excited because there was, there was a, we left out a lot of quality players they didn't come in June, and obviously uh, they're pretty keen to get back into it in November, so I will have to wait to see uh, how these guys in June uh, went, and then we'll select the squad accordingly. So Is that primarily European-based players? Yeah, they were European and French players, yep. There's a couple of super rugby players also that are uh, finishing off their contracts here in New Zealand, and uh, um, they'll be named
0: later on in the year. And uh, who have you guys got in November?
3: Uh, we've got France,
0: uh, and then Georgia again, and then Canada. I'll try to get one more game. That's the Manu Samoa head coach, Namalaulu Ilama Idimir. <laughs> Cook Islands will send their largest ever team to the Rio Olympics after two late additions. Swimmer Wesley Robert, who achieved the Olympic B qualifying standard at the Oceania Championship, has been given approval to compete in Brazil by the sport's world governing body, FINA, and the International Olympic Committee. Weightlifter Louisa Peters has also secured a universality place to compete at her second Olympic Games in the women's over 75 kilograms division. I spoke with the Cook Island's chef de mission in Rio, Robert Graham, before the final two places were confirmed.
1: Four of those qualified taking the Oceania slots, the two slots that which were for uh, sailing, we um, we took those, both male and female, as well as the canoeing slalom, as I think we're the only Oceania country that actually, um, well, besides New Zealand and Australia, that does uh, slalom. So our uh, male and female athletes, um, Ella Nicholas and uh, Bryden Nicholas, are the two representing us in that sport.
0: Uh, Ella, of course, was a part of the London Games. So, I mean, how many of your seven athletes for this will it be their first Olympic experience?
1: Uh, also with uh, Patricia Taylor from Athletics, she'll be the the other one. So we only got two, which is Ella and, and uh, Patricia, all the other the other five athletes. This will be a first timer for them to the uh, to the Olympics.
0: There is a number of uh, sprinters in the Pacific region that are, um, you know, competitive and, and often go to these events. Uh, you talked about uh, the two Oceania slots for the slalom. Um, in terms of the athletics, are there more of those sorts of slots available?
1: Well, basically, um, I think uh, it's a requirement by IWF and uh, through the IOC that those countries that don't qualify under the Olympic standards um, can represent, um, that, uh, they can send a male, one male, one female, to represent them in the track. So for us, um, unfortunately, we, the Olympic standards are uh, are way too high for, our, for us, but we are still within the top three um, ranked within the Pacific, um, as Patricia in the 100 metres. And our male runner is Alex Beddoes, young Alex Bedos who has clocked over the last uh, 18 months, um, broken our national record three times. Um, So Alex will be representing us in the men's 800 metres. And And, uh, uh, what we're hoping for is that for Alex in 800 metres is to uh, clock up a a national record and a personal best um, for us. And his time that he's clocking at the moment, if he was in in, um, PNG last year for the Pacific Games, he would be fighting for one of the three medals.
0: Um, obviously, uh, you know, a similar-sized team to last time. I mean, what are what are the goals? You know, what do you think they can achieve? Obviously, they want to do the best that they can in uh, in their respective sports and maybe set some national records. Is, is that the main target?
1: We'd love to get a medal. Um, if we've got a medal, it'll be it'll be a big while for the Cook Islands. But um, all we're asking for our athletes to get out there and do their best and uh, maintain their their number one placing within the Pacific region because all seven of our athletes going to the games are all. Within the top three, or else the number one within their particular sports within within the Pacific uh, region itself. So we're looking at national records, um, and that's and that's our goal is for them just to do their best and um, maintain number one in Pacific.
0: And obviously, with these Rio Games, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the the Zika virus and concerns over that, and and uh, safety and security over there as well. What sort of information have you been getting, and and what sort of updates have uh, and feedback have you been able to get from your athletes and all been able to provide to them
1: um well the athletes have been asking us you know about the about the seeker um a few years ago we had seeker here in the cook islands we were managed we we managed to um to uh rock that off and 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 take care of that and now we you know we're, you know we're fine so we've been through it um but we're you know we're taking our advice from IOC what the IOC is doing they're updating us on a on a you know weekly basis on what's happening and what rio what the rio government um are doing um to, to counter it so we're just taking our lead from IOC as well as uh what rio is doing um if they say the seek is too dangerous and games are postponed then the games are postponed but other than that um <coughs> no um sometimes I'm you know I'm sorry to say but the media tends to sort of blow blow it out of proportion um, in relation to the games, and you know we've you've been to, or I've been to a few of the games, and normally when you get there, the game sort of runs smoothly. Um, so at this stage, I think um, everything's uh, fine, and um, we'll just wait to um, hear back if there's anything more serious than from IOC.
0: That's the Cook Islands Chef to Mission at the Rio Olympics, Robert Graham. The Guam women's football team got their moment in the spotlight, finishing top in the East Asian Cup first preliminary round. The Massacada thrashed the Northern Mariana Islands five goals to nil in front of their home supporters on Sunday, having thumped Macau by the same scoreline last week. The Guam men's and women's teams will now both compete in the second round in Taiwan in November. The newly appointed women's head coach Mark Shogalaf says the East Asian Cup is an important hit-out for the national team.
4: It was a great performance, especially the game against NMI, you know, it was a tough fought game. Uh, they held us out for the first half, and the, the first 25 minutes they held us pretty good, and I was starting to worry, but then once we got our first goal, we started getting things going, and that's when things started falling in place for us, and it was a great game, everyone, you know, we, had, we created a lot of chances, it's very exciting to watch too.
0: This East Asian Cup, um, you know, where, where does this sort of stand in, in the level of importance um, for Guam in terms of doing well in this competition?
4: Our region, obviously, but um, in terms of Guam, it's 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 a good thing for us because we actually it's every two years, you know, so we get a good set of matches every two years. For the women, especially, two years ago they qualified as well, uh, went to the second round. We had a tough time when they went to the second round, but I think that was a lot of the ladies' first time being in the second round. So now that they got that out of the way, I think going into this next round, I think our organization, our association, will be more organized on how to get the girls best prepared for, um, too. especially for the women. They don't, they don't have too many tournaments in the year scheduled, so having this every two years is, is good for them to get them going, you get some games for them.
0: Obviously fantastic, the success that the men's program has had over the last couple of years, but uh, nice to have a bit of time in the spotlight for the women's program as well, especially with these matches being hosted by Guam's uh, You know, at, at your home ground. Um, you know, get the home fans supporting that program as well.
4: There's a lot of things going on here, especially for the women. We, there's new programs like a Mother's League, there's a recreational league. So it's really seen in the past year or so, there's, there's been a movement towards getting more females involved in the sport, even just to get active, even just to, just to use the sport as a way to lead an active lifestyle. This tournament shows the ladies in the other leagues, the, the women, you know what the highest level should look like. This is international competition. We got a good support, they deserved it, they deserved the spotlight. There's not a lot of talk about the Masakata because we had the after the success of the Mattel and after everything they've done, you know, this is good for the ladies, just for the ladies, even because the men's weren't in this tournament, so the focus on our association was just the girls. So I thought it was it was good on their part, and it was really good for the ladies.
0: And so obviously that puts you through to Taiwan in November, and the men's team are also in the second round. So between now and and then, I think there's about four months. And um, what's the preparation and and going forward?
4: we got to find more players because there's more players who are interested in joining this round, but due to last-minute things, we couldn't register certain players. So I think the first thing is to get get a list of all the eligible players and all the interested players who would like to participate in the next round. We'll see if we can get a training camp or something going for them. But I know that's going to be difficult because, um, one, budget. Two, uh, you know, these girls come from have you know, different some, – some are in college. It's hard how to, how to get away from school. Some have jobs interesting situation and we just have to sit down and discuss what we can do in terms of best preparing for this the next round.
0: Your squad I know the men obviously have a couple from uh, offshore like uh, AJ De etc uh, are any of the women's players in your squad based offshore or are they all locally?
4: There's five players that came from off island so five players flew here and last night in the award ceremony uh, one of the players uh, she was the MVP of the tournament and she was the uh, tied for the golden boot. So she was one of our off-island players, a great player, very strong. Um, you know, she's probably the most experienced player on our team, actually the most experienced player in this tournament. So she's very vital to our squad, especially going forward. She, we're going to need her. There was five that came from off-island that were based in the states because some of them, some of them lived on Guam and then they moved to the states to pursue college and they're playing college soccer. So when they came back um, and yeah, they joined us with our team.
0: That's the coach of the Guam women's football team, Mark Shagulaf. And that's the World in Sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thanks for listening.
2: Botox Cosmetic. Adobatulinum Toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.